Hello and welcome to 251, Two Pianists, Five Minutes, One Subject. Today we're going to be talking about the biography of Thelonious Monk in one of our book reviews. Uh, my name's Simon Whiteside. And my name's Nick Tomlin. So the full title of the book is um, Thelonious Monk, The Life and Times of an American Original. It was written by Robin D.G. Kelly and published in 2009 and I read it fairly soon after it came out and um, it's become one of one of my favorite jazz biographies um, I would say uh, Kelly he's a professor of history and American studies at the University of Southern California but he's he's written books on many different subjects um, so it's a very detailed and very thorough biography it's quite a huge book it's like 600 pages long um, and it begins with it goes right back to his family origins in West Africa um, and then the move to America, they were brought as slaves to America, eventually settling in California, um, and then it details Monk's career as, a, as obviously a jazz pianist, um, also his personal life, and, and ends with his death in 1982. Um, and in the blurb on the back, the New York Times describes it as an omnibus of myth-busting. And for me, this this is really the most significant thing about, about this book, um, because it really challenges many of the stories and myths that have kind of grown up around Monk. Um, I mean, probably more than any other figure in jazz, there are these kind of myths and stories um, around Monk. Um, and I think it sort of makes you reevaluate his his place in the history of the music um, to some extent. Um, so I guess the typical view of Monk is you know, he was this lone eccentric genius who created his own idiosyncratic style of jazz piano um, and I mean that's true to an extent but there's a lot more I think um, and this book kind of teases that out so for example something I was quite surprised to find out was that um, he was very involved in in the community where he lived um, in Harlem um, he was really he was well known and well loved by by people in the community um, he was also very involved in the civil rights movement in the 1960s um, and he played many benefits and charities to raise money for social causes and that's something which you never really think of I, I never thought of um, in relation to Monk you know you think of it more like people like Max Roach and these more engaged but he maybe because he never really spoke about it you know he, he I never really spoke about this aspect um, and, and I think musically as well it sort of places him within the wider uh, Harlem School of Jazz Piano and uh, and it shows that you know his style was really a development of existing musical trends um, and was really influenced by people like Willie the Lion Smith and James P. Johnson and these kind of stride players and he kind of took that and then really you know did something quite original and uh, unique with it um, but I think also you know something I've always thought is that um, the system he kind of developed really is 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 very logical and rigorous and and um not at all this kind of wild crazy uh style that you know if you read early reviews of him you know the critics just said it was just like it was just atonal you know bashing the piano which is <laughs> completely um you know completely not the case if you look at his you know his musical contribution i think there's a lot of problem with any new art isn't there i mean yeah people who are breaking the the mold will always have criticism from people who are traditional and you can see it you know in Stravinsky or Schoenberg those sorts of yeah absolutely yeah same sort yeah. of thing really. and it is and it is kind of challenging it's it's because as you say I think with anything new it takes a bit of you need to get used to the language you used to kind of uh, you know figure out what's what's going on to really appreciate it and um, 
And I think with Monk, you know, that happened later, didn't it, really? I mean, initially he was kind of rejected <laughs> by critics, but then later, I mean, it took quite a lot, you know, like 10 years or so before he started, people started to realise that there was something here. It wasn't just kind of meaningless, you know. Um, yeah, I think I think Alfred Lyon was really keen to record him, and, yeah. um, but no one else was no, recording him no, at the point. No, that's right. No, uh, and no. then the, I think he lost him to need to prestige after that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's it's a really good book, definitely worth worth reading um and uh, yeah i definitely recommend it i mean it also talks a little bit about this this crazy behavior of his i mean he was really ill i mean he he was um a lot of it was really down to wrongly treated bipolar disorder so he was more ill i would say than crazy anyway that's it my name's nick tomlin goodbye and my name's simon whiteside goodbye <laughs>